everyone, it's here, and welcome back to the Super Combo Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by our co-host, Chris of UniX. Chris, how are you doing today? Um, I'm kind of full of rage, George. I don't know why. It's just, it's just like this like bubbling feeling, but <laughs> it's it's better than being a potato, a mental potato. So I'll take it. Um, just really getting through the week, man. Just getting through the week. Trying to juggle three channels, even though it's like kind of a self-imposed like pilgrimage. But uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like channels, side channels are starting to do, starting to hit a little traction. I love that. Um, trying to get some really good topics going for the Dragon Ball Super Card Game channel. And I've got some some pretty cool stuff in the works. So it's just kind of a be patient with me, even though I haven't uploaded for five days. I'll probably have a video up tomorrow. I'm sorry. Sorry for lacking. In fact, if you guys look at this podcast and think I should have a live night where we just kind of have like a Q&A or we just like really shoot the shit and you guys talk about anything, just let me know. Just literally let me know. I like talking with you guys. The only reason why I stopped doing that is because like some weeks it would be like 20 something people in there and some weeks it'd be like three and I'd just be like, bro, this is too much. This is why I don't Twitch. <laughs> I, I see those numbers. I see those numbers and sometimes I'm elated and sometimes I'm heartbroken and I can't take those highs and lows, bro. I'm not built that way. Yeah, it takes a minute. Um, but you know, like it's 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 a it's a thing about consistency where if you just keep on doing it, then the people will be there. Like um I know Lucas of uh, Kaoken um does like his live streaming of his locals and you know he was kicking it off and he started off he was about a five viewership and he's consistently at about 20 every stream which is super solid for him so you know it's one of those things where if you just keep doing it, it but I, live streaming is very tough because like it's it, it's the type of thing that gets easier the bigger you get because chat becomes its own feedback loop of content yeah. whereas whereas is like it's a hundred percent solo if it's just you that see that i know i uh i was actually i used to stream on i have a twitch channel i just barely ever use it but i was streaming just playthroughs of rpgs and like i was playing one rpg and people were just like lay snooze and then i was playing kingdom hearts and the chat was popping and then i played another rpg and again it was like lay snooze and then i played digimon uh cyber sleuth right around when the digimon card game first kicked off and that chat was popping like like I never had to stop talking because people were always up in the chat talking about like the uh, the waifus in the game or how do you get Omnimon or like what are you doing and the same people would ask how do you get Omnimon and I'm like this grinding that you've been bitching about for the past two hours this is how you get Omnimon you really need to go up the chain for WarGreymon and Metal Gurumon then D-Digivolve them then re-evolve them boost their stat cap oh my gosh Japanese RPGs do not get involved unless you've got time patience and severe lack of will to live because the game will carry you it'll carry your will to live in the sense that it'll just take all your time and you'll just kind of go down that rabbit hole yeah <laughs> yeah that's, that's... <laughs> no just because like you, you were talking about digimon waifus i'm like damn bro like lore wise those things are like pets that's a little bit weird but i mean <laughs> oh no no there's, there's human there's humans oh, okay. in that game you're all right, a human okay yeah okay you're talking about those yeah, yeah, yeah. i see yeah <laughs> oh god but yeah so you know 100 percent totally agree on that part uh so you know number of topics today it has been a little bit of a slow kind of lull at the moment because there's not too much happening with the card game but there's a couple of things so you know things to look forward to uh about two-ish topics today one of which is a bit of a minor one where they updated the end of uh, turn rule or are going to supposedly it hasn't been officially done and then uh then we got uh you know some uh 
not so much leaks because they officially kind of pseudo announced it, but regionals are supposedly on their way back, which is very exciting. So to kick us off, end of turn rules. It was posted on the Facebook groups that they are reversing uh, the Q&A ruling for Deborah, which means that uh, cards like the Red Broly 4-drop, as well as Mafuba and anything that has an end of turn effect, uh, or until the end of your opponent's next turn effect, uh, officially do what they do all over again, which is actually work the way English intends them to work, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, there's not much to say here. Uh, I guess they heard the... I mean... Not to toot our own horns here, but, you know, when you have a podcast episode that's straight up called Bandai is rewriting the English language, I guess for optics, that's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But, um, yeah, so that that's pretty much on that news. Like, in, in terms of quote-unquote news that we recently got, they revisited that rule. Uh, they still didn't revisit the rule, the, the Q&A on the one-drop trunks that puts life face up. So that's big sad boy hours. And then you got like the three people who play turtles on the Facebook group being like, but what does that mean for turtles? And uh, I think, <laughs> and I think they're just going to be stuck with their deck not working the way it used to. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say it right here for everybody that may be listening. All right. Like, look, if y'all got on social media and complained about this end of rule thing, I, I don't want to say I hate you, but like, you guys need to work a little hard to get on my good side if you care enough about being on my good side. Because for you guys, you guys, oh my gosh, the cost for saving freaking set to Mafuba was letting Broly BR live to breathe another day. Okay, but so that's, like, but that, nah, anything, nah, nah, nah. that's on you. That's nah, on nah, you. Nah, when, you're, nah, bro. Nah, nah, when, when you're sitting at a table and you feel like you're having a good day and then Broly comes out high rolls you and destroys your cheeks on turn two. I want you to know, I want you to go inside the bathroom between rounds. I want you to look yourself in the face in the mirror before you lie to your friends about what really happened at the table. And I want you to understand that you were responsible for this. You were responsible. You wanting to save a unused card is what directly caused Burley to still be able to rip your cheeks apart. And you need to take ownership of that. Hard disagree, bro. This like you might not be hat. Like, don't get me wrong. You and I both know how stupid and toxic we think Red Broly Swap is. Don't get me wrong. Not disagreeing on that part. But there ain't no way in hell that that's our fault. That you know, like, be mad that they printed the effect. Be mad that the Bandai is not going to limit it or ban it or rot of the card. But don't don't be upset at the people who want English to work the way it's meant to work, bro. Ain't no way new players coming in will understand that at the end of your opponent's next turn is supposed to be at the next end phase. That makes no damn sense look it would have been a confusing time george but those new players those beautiful sweet children would have never known the terror of randy mcsavage burly br to ruin their good run at locals or their first event i don't know man that one card odds are now it could have been but odds are the one card you're not going to see wouldn't have been the make or break for that game turn when they're at full rev when they when they have their attack or their uh, their awakening turn on two energy bro you're getting like three to four cars getting ripped because they got the they got the first guy that does it and then they will uh they can ex evolve on it for one energy and that rips it like they got it you will get four cars ripped from your hand it will oh, yeah you, oh you will obviously but i'm just saying not seeing that one card when you deal with the broly on your points on your own turn is like probably not going to be the biggest deal but like also for anyone who thinks that like red broly ain't a deck red broly is still a deck like 
If y'all sleeping on it, I don't know. Like you're gonna get caught real surprised because that that deck can still do stuff. He's not wrong. He's completely right, actually. So, I mean, I was exaggerating. I just look anything that hates on Red Broly is I'm I'm okay with. It may not what? be ethical. I just like they could straight up just be like, I don't know. They could put out some wild errata. And in my head, I could be like, that makes no sense. But if it, like, absolutely cold-cocked, like, Red Broly, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to just let it hang. I'm going to just look the other way until somebody else says something. What did Bullshock uh, do to you, dog? It was just... There's a couple <laughs> things. To be honest, it hasn't done enough to me. Because I still remember way back when I was starting content for this channel again... I posted this video that kind of went like super huge for my amount of subscribers at the time because uh, my friend was playing Broly BR and I was playing Dark Broly, like not set next Dark Broly, but like before Demogron and stuff like that. And I clapped, like I 2-0 clapped him because at the time Broly was like the only deck that could sit there, look you dead in the face and be like, skip charge on two energy and still come at your face. So like... Yeah, like it was it was funny because lots of people were like, oh, Red Broly's unstoppable. And then like Harry Broly just came out and just like thrashed significantly waxed Broly. And uh, people were not ready to see that on video. So it actually hasn't hurt me like it could. But I've always just been like watching it. Like my team, like my my friends, they'll they'll every now and then we'll just test it. We'll be like stress test. How how well does your deck deal with aggro? Cool. One of us is gonna sleeve up or untap with Red Broly. And when that deck high rolls, you still feel like you're right back in set 11 meta. Like, you're just like, wow, I got blitzed on one energy. Like, he went first, and I got blitzed on one energy. And it's not like he went wide. He just went high. Like, why does his leader untap two? Why does that one drop do what it do? Why is there so much critical? Why is he taking cards from my hand, swinging with 25k threats and critical? Like, what? why does all this exist? And furthermore... What did they have to take from Gogeta in the same set to make Broly this strong? The power level was not distributed equally. They just yeah, it's it's the, my issues with the deck, and we're not going to turn this into a Broly, you know, Broly <laughs> hate segment. But the the big the big thing that my issues with the deck was just the amount of angles that for some reason Broly swap shut down from from your opponent being like right because one of the big things is. Hand destruction has multiple as facets, and there gives and takes with hand destruction. So you're so Red Broly would hand destroy you, but usually what you're giving up for that is tempo. But they hand destroy you by gaining tempo by gaining bigger bodies that can hit for more damage. And then on the upper hand, they have crit. So now not only are you allowing are you allowing the Broly player to be able to rip cards out of your opponent's hand, you're also allowing hit preventing yourself from gaining advantage back with the comeback mechanic that's established in the game so like you're being hit from like three different angles of like <laughs> quote-unquote hand destruction in an aggro color and i'm just like i don't i i, I it, it baffled me and then the fact that like if they high rolled they could go into their scr and do their shit all over again so who cares if the big one has like unique but then like you said like in the same color for some reason gogeta can't go into any other battle card after it goes into its Gogeta for the turn. It's just like, yeah. why? why? Well, here we go about uh, here we go about people not testing. Like, they literally looked at the Gogeta card, and they were like, if we don't put this clause here, on turn three, you could evolve into this Gogeta, and then immediately EX evolve into this Gogeta, and then immediately EX evolve into the set six Gogeta, and burn your opponent for two. This is too strong. We cannot allow it. Meanwhile, on turn two, across the red pond 
Red Broly is tearing people to pieces. <laughs> Not even using its boss card. <laughs> just like everything about it was just like a spit in the face of like, in my opinion, balanced design. Like, like you said, it comes around so many angles. Um, can we at least talk about the fact that in Red Broly, it's like, Achoo! And then you're like, oh, wait, there's a trigger on this card. When I sneeze, I add two markers to my red unison. It's like, excuse me, like, why? Why? Wait, wait, why is this one drop unison at seven markers? It's turn two. Like, how did this happen? You played it for one. Stop it. And then, like, you know, what would be worse than all this stuff happening? Oh, yeah, if I had two more energy to work with on turn two, because that makes so much sense in an aggro red deck. And then they just, like... I just don't know how that all got through. <laughs> like, like how it all got through. I say that they don't test, but I feel like somebody had to make sure that like, they had to kill confirm that this shit was broken. Like there's just no way all this accidentally got put into one archetype. Like somebody was like, <laughs> on turn two, I'm going off. I, I That's why I make the joke about how whoever designed uh, Broly BR in set 11 was banished to yellow and he just started shadow creep buffing it for sets and sets and sets because like that's exactly where that writing came from like red burly punished you for charging to three like i want to play the game and red burly's like bet <laughs> like and you charge to three and they just drop a massive meteor bomb on you like yeah no man like the design was just on a different level we need that sort of energy now for green like if we can just like move the designer for yellow out of yellow he's he's messed up red once he's been messing up yellow just place him in green for a couple sets even out the game. Yeah, maybe, maybe a couple of sets will get there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He may come with a vengeance. Like, what if his technique is, like, ultra instinct level? Like, what if he's, like, one set is all I need and just single-handedly snaps <laughs> green in half? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. I'd be so scared. God. So, yeah. So, uh, rulings updated there. So, of course, guys, always make sure to keep an eye on the website, which also update to the website. I don't even know if they fixed it yet. Um, but if, if don't pay attention to the banned and limited website at the moment, because they have, uh, fighting against, uh, not fighting against fate, but true fighting spirit in the banned list instead of foo. So like the, at the moment, the site's kind of broken. It just has the wrong information. And on top of that, it'll have the updated Q and a. So I'd say, that, you know, for now use the, uh, I mean, I don't like saying it, but use the Facebook group to kind of get an idea of what is what and the website should be updated accordingly uh, afterwards. But uh, yeah, so that that was our quick little mini segment in terms of like things that have kind of gone on in the past week. But uh, following that, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, Core has posted an event on their Facebook page for a online DBS regional on March 13th, which is very interesting, I guess, which is before DBS Fest, which is actually incredibly notable. So, uh... You know, they, there's a bunch of information on it saying the format, it's like the typical 50 minutes plus OT format. So it's not preset, which kind of makes sense. Um, I didn't, I don't think they're going to implement preset until they actually f get the feedback from DBS Fest. But uh, organized play is coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for people who play webcam. <laughs> What's the date? What's the date that that tournament is again? March 13, which I think is like a week or yes. two weeks, a week and a half, two weeks before DBS Fest. And exactly two days after the legality of uh, Realm of the Gods, making it potentially, depending on where you are, 
a not exactly happy time to get your cards if you're trying to play something. Um, I mean, I mean, the cards are legal as of pre-release, which is the fourth. But realistically, most people get their right. cards on release. So it'd be like, yeah, it, it'll be like another Nat situation where it's like you got to get your like if you want to play this with the newest decks, you're going to have to like hard sweep for cards like the week of. Yeah. And the thing that kind of gets me is like, don't get me wrong. A lot of people were kind of annoyed about how Nats went. But at least at Nats, Bandai went out of their way to make sure this was accessible. If you were showing up to Nats, you were going to be able to get those cards. Like mm-hmm. no way, no how. Like yeah. and but this on this, like you if you if you're like in fucking like Oklahoma, like no fucking like any sort of locals or anything, like what are you what are you about to do? Like literally, what are you finna do? Like I guess I am playing last formats cards. Like that it's kind of weird. I would have I, I kind of wish it would have been after Fest. And the only reason why I really kind of feel that way is because Fest is going to be the first part for people to try to, like, really demonstrate what they feel like the beginning of the meta is going to be like. And, yes, regionals, there's always going to be that first regional of the season where everything's, like, iffy. But I think it just would have been nice for Fest to kind of test the waters and people to be able to go in and for the first competitive tournaments to be the first, like, you know, kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? Adjustment for the new meta, if Mm. that makes sense. Just kind of... I'm just kind of, like... Like a center stage, kind of. Yeah, it, it just feels really weird for me. Like, I'm not trying to call this, like, a throwaway event, but you guys got to know, like, it's it's not... A, the Fest is not... It's not an actual season. It's just, you know, kind of something they're doing for fun and, you know, testing purposes. So I think that would have been the better tournament to happen first, the throwaway tournament. And then, like, once, you know, you kind of got that out, you showcased a few decks from the new set, you know, people are kind of getting their legs, their feet wet. That's when you, like, go into the regional season and people start really cooking. But that's just my opinion. I could see that. But at the same time, like, it's been such a lull, right? Like, uh, uh, Nats was what, November, I think? So, like, yeah. so then we had Worlds in December. And now we're going into March, which means, and, like, let's Worlds is cool, but is effectively a month that nobody but, like, 16 players, or was it eight? Yeah, no, eight players were able to participate. So organized play you know, let's say it was after Fest would have effectively been dead for like four months. And I think that's a really long time of just piss nothing happening in your game. Like literally nothing, right? Because the delays of the set also didn't help. So it was effectively like a non anything for a couple of months. I think uh, while I understand and I do agree, like it would have been cool to have DBS Fest really kind of be that breakaway for it. I think it'll still be because like obviously like if it's so close to the release of the set, I don't think. And plus webcam tournaments always got weird metas anyways. Just because, like, the buried entry is so goddamn low that, you know, anyone's going to play anything. Um, That's fair enough. Yeah, so I I, I think at the end of the day, I, I'm just glad. And, like, this is happening on a Sunday, too. Um, and usually uh, history will show that anytime Bandai kind of pushes for a Sunday tournament, it's usually because they also have a Saturday one. So odds are it just hasn't been announced one uh, yet, but it, uh, probably another TO is doing a Saturday that time as well. So... Um, I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, primarily just because my viewership goes like hella baller up whenever I stream tournament runs. And I haven't been able to do a tournament run in like five to six months because regionals ended in like goddamn September. That is <laughs> Bro, so it's just like it's just trying to feed my, my viewership by doing like locals and stuff like that. But like being able to do tournament runs again, I was going to be feeling so good. And just I don't know. I'm excited. I, I think. We still don't know what the pricings are, which means we're going to get new championship cards as well. So, like, that means reveals of new championship cards before the new set releases, which is cool. That's, like, free content for us, basically. 
and just and i'm not looking at this just from a content perspective i'm just glad to like be able to actually try and play a little bit competitively again because uh-huh. I, I i didn't play nats i cast it i didn't play worlds obviously i was just kind of there so it, it's just nice to be able to get into that rotation again and i don't know i and i know webcam ain't for everybody so i and especially going into this year so there's a couple of things here that that really make this discussion one the things that we want to see with organized placing as how like we're finally getting it started and then secondly um you know the quote-unquote the hybrid system which i think they're going to go with so i i guess jumping into the first thing um in topic where i was saying is it looks like we are going to keep doing webcam games it kind of makes sense the world is kind of still in a little funky place and there's some regions that have tighter restrictions than others but it is starting to get better it is starting to ease up which means we are probably going to start seeing some more irl stuff so on that note i've always kind of figured that the hybrid model was actually going to be probably the way that the game should go moving forward primarily because it is we even with covid we have seen dragon ball survive and in some cases strive during the pandemic because of the accessibility of webcam tournaments. And I know for a fact that if it weren't for webcam tournaments, there are a lot of people who play Dragon Ball today, whether it be on a more mid competitive level to high competitive level, who just wouldn't be playing at all. I think it would be a miss if Bandai dropped webcam support. And I don't think they intend on doing it anyways, but I do think in this competitive season and probably the ones in the future for however long Dragon Ball ends up being a game that we can play, webcams games are gonna stick around until the day where a client that's never going to come would come, but we're just going to forget about that because that shit ain't happening. Hey, that's actually a mini topic we can go into later. Continue, continue. <laughs> so yeah, so I I, th- I think um, I think a hybrid model would be massive, and I think it's going to stick around. And I'm glad that they're sticking with the webcam games. Also, um, just from like a financial standpoint, bro, you hella plus on these webcam tournaments. I don't have to pay for travel. I don't got to pay for stay. I don't got to pay for food. I got to pay. 25 bucks the price the i think the prices did go up a little bit but who cares whatever i got paid 25 bucks and i get promos that i can flip for like a hundred dollars tournament just for showing up you know so it's fair so it's yeah so i mean we got that which is awesome i I think they're gonna keep on going with it i know you don't really play webcam tournaments so it's not like you give that much of two f's but i mean hey (laughs) It's actually but, not even uh, about webcams or not. My current job, I only get one weekend off a month. And so uh, like, if I plan a webcam event, it's like normally when I schedule my weekend off, that's I, I, I chose to have that weekend off. Right. So it's like, yeah, that, it's really that. If I, had, uh, if I had every weekend off, which I may soon, I would actually likely just participate in webcam events just for the, for the hell of it. Right. Okay. 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 So I guess this will transition to, you know, what we aspire for the next organized play season. Um, and I think there was a lot that was really, well, I thought there was a lot that was well done this year. I think the fact that we finally got worlds off was huge. Uh, being able to advertise that we have a quote unquote world champion is pretty big game, especially one that's as marketable and humble as Andrew Duval. I think that's, I think that's a win for the game as a whole. Um, I thought the fact that, you know, Nats happened and then Nats was I- IRL for NA. And then hopefully, you know, so one of the, so one of the things is obviously um, a bigger outreach for the game in general, I think for this it would be big. Um, really trying to push the other regions that have been kind of tough. So Europe, you know, Asia, uh, it'd be nice if they recognize Canada a little bit more as like a little, not just US plus <laughs> and would be a little bit more considerate about the stuff that we would get Excuse up here. Excuse me, US light. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just meant like the additional, like, yeah, there's US and you got the little like 
you know like lgbtq plus like we're not even oh allowed like we're not even allowed to be part of the like letters we're just the plus of like additionals <laughs> it's so freaking weird because canada has it's, it's a huge chunk of land like there's no ain't no way like there's there's still no way we should have all been crammed the same nets like ain't no way uh i mean you know j- just the fact that our locals our webcam locals are like bigger than Asia Nats, <laughs> which like not knocking Poe or anyone from that community. Obviously, I think they're fantastic players, but just to say, right? Like, is it? Who knows? I mean, I think it's just easier to group us all together with the U.S. And I will say, I it would suck if us having our own uh, circuit up here in Canada would prevent me from participating in U.S. events because I would still want the ability to participate in U.S. events. So I, I don't know how you would make that work, but. In general, I think I think for this upcoming year, uh, if they just repeated what they did for this previous year and just tightened things up in terms of communication and up to the advertisement for the game, I, I think we're poised for another good solid year. Um, as long as like, you know, design of like the next two sets that we get throughout competitive season also kind of align with um, shaking up the game a little bit. No, I feel it. I feel it. That's I. The thing about this game is that say what you will about the uh, like how people handle things, rulings, reprints, anything. But again, like George and I have played a lot of TCGs and I don't know if you align with this feeling too, but I don't think I've ever played a card game where they've been as responsive. Like if something happens and we hate it, chances are it only happens once. Because even if they don't make the correct move in our eyes the next time, they try to change it based off of our feedback. And so I'm in that sense, okay, because our organized play will likely be better than what it is last year, what it was last year. And if it's not exactly where the mark is, I know that I trust the dev team or the, not, it's not the dev team that does it. I trust the team of people that works on organized play to make it better the following season. So I'm really not sweating it that much like it's i think there could be more focus on things being tight and like clean and crisp but like you know what it'll get there and i think the more people that pour into our competitive aspect of this game the more incentive they have to do even better things with it so this is one of those things where i I actually have nothing hateful to say bro none not a yeah i mean so like there isn't any like aspect of it that you think should be changed for this next season or you feel like you know things staying pretty status quo and just kind of being good solid as it was kind of last year should be the route to go here hmm. like i'm gonna say the one thing for me and i get that it's an accessibility thing and because there were so few irl events or whatnot i think it's a little bit cheeky that you can win a 16-man local and get an invite to Nats. I think that's a little bit. And and then you have, and like, usually I don't care about people and their egos, right? Like, hey, you're proud, be proud. Like, obviously just, you know, have your fun. And if like, that's your way of having fun, like good. But some of the egos I've confronted over the past year about their opinions on Nats and competitive play and like all the shit. And then like their accolades are winning a 16 man locals. I got them to invite to Nats. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, this sounds so, wild. this sounds so elitist, but it's just like, I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. I think there should be store championships. And I do think there should be ways to incentivize people to participate in organized play. 
But I don't know. Like Nats is invite only. So I feel like there's a little bit more prestige. There should be a bit more prestige in it than just like your 16 man locals getting like and like don't get me wrong, Digimon did it. And like Digimon NA Nats, because they did it that way, had over 800 players. That uh, that's absurd. Don't get me wrong, it's webcam, which also makes it incredibly more accessible. And there's like a bunch of things there. And there's something to say about having like an event that's almost hitting a thousand. Like that's huge. Like that's like, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! like YCS numbers and shit like that, or Grand Prix numbers for MTG. So like massive and huge for them. And then you know, if that's the way they want to go about it, then sure. But I'd say the only, I guess the only thing I would say is that like, like that, I don't know. It, it's just a little bit cheeky on my end. I don't, I don't care if it sticks around because it doesn't impact me because I'll just get my invite the, you know, the regular way through regionals and I'm not really going to sweat about it. But um, I, yeah, in the most part, I'm really, ha- I'm pretty happy with organized play and I, I don't think much needs to change. Um, promos have been super solid. Um, I, I, I just think maybe <laughs> making it a little bit more prestigious in the sense of like, you know, maybe winning a locals shouldn't get you an AdSense. But at the same time, hey, if uh, if it's an incentive to get people playing the game more seriously or getting more pe- more numbers into our nets and stuff like that, at the end of the day, I guess it's probably more for the betterment of the game than worse. And that's just the little elitist side of me just kind of being like, yeah, but do you really know what you're talking about? <laughs> for real. I mean, to be fair, if you really want to go that route, talking about 60 person locals going to nets, I mean... We got people doing like a hundred person locals going to worlds. So, yeah, you said I mean, I guess that just kind of goes into the whole like difference of regions, right? Like, all right, I guess this is where this podcast is going. A lot of other regions talk a lot of shit and act like NA is like, like smoking their own ass, like smelling their own ass in terms of things they talk about. But like, I don't think the other region is just like nothing against the other regions. I have a ton of friends and I think there are a lot of very highly skilled competitive players across all regions, whether it be from Asia, Europe um, to Latin America. So let's just clarify that before I get canceled over here. But like, I don't think people recognize how insanely more like how insanely competitive North America is at this game. Like <laughs> not even just out of sheer numbers, right? Like we we have the most numbers in terms of any tournaments that happen here because we're the biggest player base. But like you look at the European metas and they're like, oh yeah, this deck is like highly competitive in our meta. I'm like, how? And they're just like, yeah, well, just no one's really playing like deck XYZ. I'm like, yeah, of course then, of course that like, of course your value decks are going to be good because ain't no one playing the best decks. <laughs> Yo, we, we just talked all that crap about uh, Broly BR. But we can't forget that Gogeta BR won a European national event. Wait, what? <laughs> did, it, did it not? Did it not? I'm pretty sure Gogeta BR won a European national event. I'm I... fact check it. <laughs> you might be right. I'm not. That sounds a little absurd to me. But if it did, then that's just wild, and bro. Like you're talking like blue wrap Gogeta or like a red Gogeta deck. Uh, hold up. I mean, a very oh no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So not this year, but like last year's, right? Probably, um, yeah, because they uh, they played in uh, Battle Hour, I think, with the with the same deck. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty <laughs> crazy. So I don't. Uh, <laughs> so it's just uh, yeah. Anyways, so when when you reflect upon that, in that they're all put on equal stage, where like yeah, Asia can have a forty man nationals, and like you know. France can have, uh, you know, 60 to 100. And then you're comparing that to like North American where you have 
you know, 300 players and then arguably like the top 100 could easily complete on the world stage. So it's just, well, no, hundreds a lot, maybe top 50, but just to say it's uh it's interesting. Um, at the end of the day, I'm really just kind of like stirring the pot for the sake of stirring the pot. But realistically, I think organized play was really solid last year. Um, and this year, if the communication could be up, if, uh, I will say it, you know, the fact that core made their event page before we heard anything from the official Facebook page is a little bit interesting, but um either way i'm excited for it i'm down i got pretty hyped up for it especially since you know dbs fest my goal is to meme it out a couple of people know my master plan for that tournament um and i don't i don't think bandai will be particularly happy with the way i'm going to go about it but i think i think the deck i'm about to take to dbs fest is going to be the easiest top cut i've ever played in my life now but it's a meme so whereas the regional i'll probably actually take the red u7 deck probably and just have a good time with that so i mean look it is what it is using to step in on tap or on webcam once i start proxying my current deck and we'll see about it we'll see about it <laughs> so Got some stuff for you. yeah so i guess so i guess then to like bring together the organized play conversation you know odds are they're probably gonna have worlds again odds are we're gonna have nets again and then march is just gonna be the first kickoff to all of that uh would you say that your goals or aspirations for the this year of competitive play are going to be the same as last year like are you trying to hit up nets are you trying to get to worlds um or are they more like kind of tangential to you just trying to make the best content for the game and if that means you need to like do xyz because i because i know you're very competitive leaning when it comes to actually competing so uh have your goals or aspirations in terms of competitive place you know do they plan on pivoting over this year um, the main difference between this year and last year is that I actually am going to practice and mm. that's, that's a huge, uh, that's a huge thing. And when it comes to that, it's, uh, I don't know, it, it, I'm not trying to sound like conceited or like, like trying to like gas myself up, but, um, there really isn't a lot of like practicing, like, like John Carlo clapped the crap out of me at Gen Con in the last round. And I didn't know how Blue Icarus worked as a matchup because I had just not been on that level of format awareness. So, like, that sounds, like, awful because, like, of my placement <laughs> afterwards. But the difference between last season and this season is that I'm actually going to play in tournaments and I'm actually going to practice. Which means that, like, yeah, I, I don't want to be, like, cocky, but... I, I feel like you need to be like at least an 8.5 out of 10 to not get a foot broken off in your ass if we sit down at a table together. Like, that, that's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not a bad player. I just am like out of shape, like often. <laughs> like, that's, the, that's the difference. Like, I mean, we've, uh, we, I, I've, I've been playing a lot of TCGs and I can be really sharp when I'm actually keyed in. It's just that Dragon Ball. The last time I've been in a position to say where I like grinded in and out and in and out was the very first nationals. And even mm. in that one, I refused to play against Janimba because it, I, I, I hated it and I refused to acknowledge it as a real deck. And, then, <laughs> <laughs> and I faced three Janimbas in the tournament and I lost to the first one, tied to the second one and two owed the last one. And the only difference was me understanding how to better pace Shinjita and how to better apply. Like, in the middle of the tournament, I was like, instead of doing this, let me just focus on my sneak attacks. 
let me keep bouncing cards to the bottom of their like like out of their hand to their deck because Janimba doesn't plus Janimba cantrips Janimba barely gets advantage and the moment I realized how to do that Janimba was trying to mill me out but Janimba also had no cards in hand I started beating the crap out of it like it was just like really bad and it was just one of those things where I'm like damn if I had just not been an asshat and acknowledged Janimba as a real deck I would have played it like 18,000 times because one of my friends was on Janimba since like the cards got spoiled. And this wouldn't have been a problem. Now, granted, granted, let's say I won three, four times in a row. I probably would have gotten caked by storm. But that's a whole nother thing. Um, when I top aided and then scooped the moment I got to top eight at Oticon, I literally was sweeping the tournament and then I faced storm. And I was like, what is this? And I was playing blue-red Harutagarn, and that was the first time I'd even heard of blue-yellow Harutagarn. It was just a lack of format awareness. I was like, huh? What? Blasted. Like, my ex, my girlfriend at the time, she came over. She was like, how long is your uh, match going to be? I was like, hmm, after that game one? You can just stand by the table. I'll be done momentarily. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, babe, you can just chill right here. It'll, give, me, give me, like, six minutes. Like... So, yeah, that's not going to be the case this time. And if that's not the case, I am fairly confident in saying that if I'm not lacking format awareness and I'm actually putting in the hours, like, I'm going to get off this podcast and test with the homies in a moment. Well, not in a moment, but, like, closer to, like, an hour from now. It, I think there's going to be a lot of better chances. So Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So then I guess given an opportunity to cast now obviously i'm not trying to make any promises here i got no idea what's happening with organized play this year but given an opportunity to let's say cast nats would you throw away your opportunity to compete in nats potentially win and go to worlds to cast it would all depend it's going to be very 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 conditional honestly um and it's contingent upon where the format is and what deck i want to play if we get to nationals and it's another format like icarus and i don't like the current icarus deck i would not mind casting because it'd be cool just to be on the operating end and just seeing everything happen uh there's a lot of stuff i'd be able to see firsthand for content creation and if i had a good run in the season i don't think anybody would look down on me trying to cast however let's say you know in july we get a set that focuses on the movie and gohan comes out with another leader card he's inevitably going to have another leader card for this movie but let's say it's like a eight or a nine out of ten or just good enough for me to play and feel comfortable with going into tournament setting and i'm going into nationals and the format setup and i'm like i have good matchups across the board with a gohan leader yeah uh i don't y'all would have to really juice me <laughs> to like actually like if i could if i knew i could have a shot of topping nationals with a gohan leader Y'all would need to bait me with like a one of a kind metal Gohan leader to like get me not to play. That's facts. So it really, it really just depends on that. If I'm really feeling myself and I really like the deck I'm playing and that feels like it has a good chance, I'll go for it. But if it's like a toss up, like I didn't have to play in the last Nats. I liked being there for friends, but I came in there with a deck that I knew I shouldn't have come in there with because I just didn't want to play Icarus and I didn't want to play Soul Striker and I didn't want to play Goji. I literally did not want to play any of the top decks. And so I just went in with Red Gohan again. And I right. tweaked it for an Icarus matchup and didn't face Icarus but one time. Shoutouts to you, man. Like, you know who you are. You got, <laughs> you got clapped, but... No, no, seriously. I mean, but I love you. You're a really cool dude. You're always trying to start fights in the hell group. Like, fist fights, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the big decision marker for me, is that, like, 
don't get me wrong i love casting and obviously i've been doing it for a hot minute now for a card game and it's you know it's it's great and it's fun um but the big thing for me is always that decision of like ugh, i end up doing it because it's like a quote-unquote guaranteed impact i have on the game but um it's always a toss because i love being competitive and i love competing and like yeah sure my day might end early and you know the, the the trip i had planned to be there for you know three days well now i got two days of doing whatever i want because i got you know i got scrubbed out but it's it's always a toss-up for me on like whether i opt to compete or not and who knows it probably is like um a uh format thing for me as well i don't think there was any deck that really inspired me at, at nats if i was gonna play i probably would have taken like if i was trying to be as serious as i could i probably would have taken like since or something like that so it's um like yeah it's it's i don't know it just, it just felt to me like i had a really good it was either gonna be that or ss4 bardock and ss4 bardock i was just gonna mean the entire tournament so <laughs> but Seize uh, one, Subin. uh, uh. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay not that deck. chill dog <laughs> your opponent plays one sinsu exodia oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but um but yeah so it's always a weird decision but at the end of the day um I think it came down to just one format wasn't for me, and then secondly, um, I get to have a guaranteed impact on the game. And I, you know, hopefully, everyone enjoyed the casting and all that. That's always kind of the end goal. But yeah, so we'll see. Uh, no matter what, I always want to give myself the opportunity to be able to compete at Nats. So I'll be playing. I'll be playing, and prefer hopefully be able to actually get uh, the invite right off the bat because then it's fun. Because if you get your uh, your invite early, you can kind of just spend the rest of the the uh, organized play circuit just kind of dicking around which is kind of what i did <laughs> for the past two years because our invites from the year before kind of rolled over into 2021 so it's uh we'll see if we, if anything i'm just excited they're coming back um so again to anyone who's looking to play in a webcam regional they're coming back uh looks like march 12th and well 13 guaranteed and then i'm predicting that march 12th there's probably another to that's doing it because just having an event on sunday is a little bit bizarro so i would presume that we're gonna have two which i can't play on the saturday unfortunately i will be out of town but i should be getting back for that sunday and uh should be able to play there so that's really exciting on that front and uh i'm looking forward to the promos primarily um you know championship promos there tend to be two out of the five that we tend to get which tend to be game changing you know repost and all that so seeing uh just just in general just having new cards to be able to kind of rack the brain around will be exciting considering like yeah once the set releases in March, it'll be fun to finally get to actually play the new format. But like we've had this format revealed to us by the time it gets released for like a month and a half. So it's almost like we've been basically quote unquote playing with this format already, just outside of official play. So we'll see. It's it'll be it'll be nice and exciting to see a little bit of change up and see what people end up taking to a more competitive setting this time around. No, for sure, for sure. So those are really all our topics for uh, this week. Of course, it's slower week. Things are ramping up. We're slowly getting. Oh, I guess. I mean, I guess quickly we can kind of touch on battle hour. That was that was kind of cool. Um, you know, the what well, kind of cool. It was, it was a fun matchup. I think they did a lot with the assets. I think the uh, animations were sick. I think the, you know, uh, Duval and um, Brian Sam ended up taking some very interactive decks for the showcase. So that, that was pretty cool. And, you know, just to put that out there, the players did get to choose their decks, by the way. Like, I know a lot of people were like, hmm, like there's a lot of speculation around like X, Y, and Z, but it, it was a for fun match. It was a showcase match and uh, both players took their decks and it, it was a it was a fun time. And they had a couple of a couple of reveals, not ish, not really. Um, they kind of quote unquote revealed the new set, uh, which is like what ultimate squad, I think something like that. And uh, the biggest thing that was showcased off of that was that 
we're getting some kind of mechanic that is going on top of awakened leaders. Now, I've talked a little bit about this with Android on the Stage Zero channel. And th there's a number of routes it could be. It could be something like equipment or his suggestion, and actually kind of makes a lot of sense, is EX evolves on top of leaders, which could potentially be, be super broken. I know you're Mr. Speculation Man. I don't know if you actually ended up seeing the trailer, but what are your takes on the next set having a card that goes on top of a leader card? Um, I think mechanically, it feels like Overdress from Vanguard, and I'm not sure if I want that in the game. But um, I think aesthetically, it could work very well. However, the main thing that I'm kind of worried about, just hearing that, is um, when these things start off, they're very narrow. Like, I don't see them making 10 EXE balls for each color. I see them making one or two. Yeah. So that means it doesn't matter if you're playing Kid Icarus, Zamasu, Shinron, Great Ape Gohan, or Helku, your EXE ball is only going to be Super 17. Like, that is what I don't want to see. Like, <laughs> and so, does that, make, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Who knows? Um, Ultimate Squad, it could be a tagout system. So who knows? There's a lot of things it could do there. Could be equipment, could be an EX Evolve, could be something weird. I will say that <laughs> if it's a quote-unquote EX Evolve on a leader, they could potentially give them the opportunity now to actually print a quote-unquote secret rare leader. And it's not a full leader, just the EX Evolve that would go on top. But it would be their way of justifying finally being able to actually print a secret rare leader. And I think the community would go bonkers on that shit. <laughs> Yeah, like, like I just, I, I, it, there's so much, and they gave us so little, and so yeah. To be honest, when they show the light off of the leader card, I'm like, is that really confirming like an EX evolve and leader? What if that's just like a leader they don't want to show us yet? Some person was like, it's a new slot. I was like, nope, that's that's the leader slot. So, well, <laughs> I mean, I, the one thing I will say is that there's after it showed the pulsating leader. It's it faded the black. Throb, the throbbing leader. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it, it came back, and then there was like a void shadow black hole thing that was like appearing next to the leader slot. So like, what's that? A new zone? Like, are we getting like an extra deck or some shit like that? Like, I don't. Which like, first off. I'm so not down. <laughs> they better not actually bring an extra deck into our game. But like, it... yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's just it, there's so little info. But it it's interesting because it feels like not not as big of a shift as Unison was, but it feels like it's been a minute since we've had a mechanical change to the game. You know, we had Surge leaders, and then we had Unisons, and now the game's been fucking unison the game for six seven sets now so i'm really intrigued to see like okay now the game is going to be like flipped on its head again and then that might be the refresh quote unquote refresh that uh, the game might have needed for a hot minute so who knows it's a lot of spec on like honestly a whole lot of nothing at this point but i'm interested to see where, where it'll go so at least battle hour kind of give us those little quick uh those nice uh tidbits sneak peeks and uh it was a fun showcase of the game honestly i think it's um 
a lot of very fluid animations. It was great for beginners. Todd, you know, I think they did a great job of um, having a lot of graphics on top that would explain what would happen when. So I, I thought overall it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good advertisement opportunity for for the game. All things good, even though the chat is hella toxic. Like, bro, that YouTube chat, <laughs> bro, all they care about is fucking Dokkan battle and like fighters. Like, that's it. Like that. That's the, all, bro, 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 the, I've never seen a stream where for an hour and a half straight, it's like sleep emotes. <laughs> bro, look, all I'm saying is like, all I'm saying is when it comes to when it comes to that the media, I was saying this before and I think in our other podcast, it's Dragon Ball. You think of screaming, fighting, clashing, beam struggling, power-ups. That's not a static medium, you know? Sure. So while we like cards and we like Dragon Ball, more people are here to see these blasts, these transformations, hear sounds, see animations. And that comes in fighters, that comes in Doken, that comes in legends. So when they come to the stream, they're trying to see the new unit. They're trying to see the new DLC character. They're not really trying to see you know, two people play card games or anything like that, really. So it's like, I understand. Like, that's why I feel like we have to work so further up the hill because we we can't even access our entire potential of viewership for the IP. Like, we have to, like, claw and scrape for it. But yeah, no, that chat, that chat was toxic. <laughs> yeah, so that, there's that. But that, so that, those are basically the biggest things that happened this week. And those were our topics for the week. A little bit of a lull, of course, in the card game. Not too much going on. But, uh, you know, with the announcements of regionals, you know, obviously right now there's not too much info to go off of. It's just the fact that they're starting again and kind of like our hopes um, and aspirations. And for the most part, it's just kind of been, hey, if they stick to status quo, organized play was pretty bump in last year so if it keeps on going that way then all the better um you know maybe a couple of change to time rules or whatever and if best of one presets could become the standard way of playing best of ones then that would be even cooler but for the most part just kind of wait and see what uh, march has to give but it does look like everything will be kicking off soon and we'll have announcements soon and you know once the free content will come in once we have the showcase of new championship promos and all that kind of stuff so a lot to look well yeah uh, not event packs because we already know what the event packs are going to look like but hey so a lot, a lot to look forward on that front so we'll be jumping into the SC mailbag. And of course, guys, if you want us to answer your questions on the show, then you can either tweet at us with the hashtag SC mailbag, or you can jump on to our discords in the SC mailbag category and you can ask your questions there and we'll answer them on air. And this first one actually does come from Twitter. So we finally actually got hit up on Twitter, boys. <laughs> so uh, this comes from at uh, JSWorldJ. I understand Saints sell, but what is going to take Bandai to print more support for Tien, Krillin, Yamcha, Roshi, etc.? As a Tien stan and admin of the group, I ask Bandai all the time for more support, but I feel like it's falling on deaf ears. And that was just kind of tough, can right? Repeat, because... Can you repeat the question one more time? My cat tried to bite the crap out of me like three times because she wants attention. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's not a problem. Basically, uh, what will it take for Bandai to print support for Tien, Krillin, Yamcha, Roshi? So like the, the Earthlings. Um, they ask all the time. Um, but it's falling on deaf ears and they understand that Selen's Saints sell. And I think that's just, I think you kind of answer your own question on this point. It's just Saints sell. Like, don't get me wrong. There are popular Earthling characters and they've even gone and given us offshoot characters like Launch, which we thought we wouldn't get for, you know, a long time. So they do exist and it, it does come to our game from time to time. But it's just, it's kind of tough when like, as an IP as a whole, Dragon Ball is basically the Goku and Vegeta show. Like, as an IP, as a story, the Earthlings in general, and you can even throw like Gohan and like the Kid Saiyans in there, 
are like you know second class citizens to basically those two characters plus Beerus and Whis. And then Bulma gets to work because she kind of works with the dynamic of you know that that group. But for for the most part, it's just it's incredibly hard for them to incentivize pushing everything else when most people who are into the IP, most people who love it, are in there primarily for Goku and Vegeta. So while I do think they should get more support, and you know, it comes in waves. There was a time when we got Earthling support and like we kind of got like all Earthlings for a couple of sets. It, I, I think it's one of those things that will come in waves. Um, it just so happens that the Saiyan quote unquote waves just last are always there and they last a little bit longer when it really is just to focus on specifically that. So it, it's it's tough. Um, I do wish they would expand out a little bit more. But, you know, one, it's two things. One, it's one primarily just in general, the Earthlings are pretty slept on in Dragon Ball as a whole. And then secondarily, because we end up pulling so much, so many art assets and we end up pulling so much from the Heroes game, all of that shit is like super sane oriented, like incredibly so. So it's it's a mishmash of both regular Dragon Ball forgetting about Earthlings and then Heroes really just being a fanfare of Saiyans and villains. And so, so in between those two, which is obviously what we pulled most of our inspiration for the actual card game from... I think it's just really hard for them to really go out and not only just justify, but actually be able to piece together archetypes that focus on those characters. So in terms of what can you do, just keep on asking for it. I think that's the biggest thing. Just like, hey, I like these. And, you know, if more people are pushing for like, hey, like it'd be dope if we got more Roshis, to be honest. I feel like Roshis kind of been stiffed in terms of really only having Jackie Chan. And then even then. So like if we could get like a proper Roshi, I think that'd be super dope. But um. I think I think it'll come in waves and I think it'll just kind of be like every offset. Maybe we get something for for the non Saiyans. I mean, it's they it's a matter of. It's a matter of a couple of things, like, in my opinion, one, we have. I don't think it's an issue of choosing the character as long as like the mechanics are good. Like somebody can make a master Oshi tomorrow. And if that master Oshi had Icarus's effect, like if just think of if Icarus had just master Oshi's name instead, master oh, obviously it's still yeah, yeah. Play. It's just a matter of Bandai needing to have better design across all of their characters. Cause sometimes we get some bum sands too, but like it, like it is what it is. Yamcha worked hard. Bulma definitely went in launch was played very well. We can definitely get off. I'm not gonna say off-brand, but you know what I mean. Like, we can definitely get some characters that aren't at the forefront of popularity. They just have to be built right. That's just that's that's the operative problem. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like, like when they came back to TN, and then they gave them a little bit more. When they give World Martial Art Tournament across the board more support, then TN was more playable, right? Like, there's just if they land the art type, then it'll feel like they have more weight, and that just might be what it is, right? Just the fact that these quote-unquote offshoot—they're not really offshoot, but you know, the non-same characters don't typically land and just because we see them left often because they don't land it just feels like they haven't made much depth in terms of longevity for the game also fair yeah but i agree i think uh uh jason i do agree i think uh them reaching out and doing that a little bit more often and actually just understanding that because they visit earthlings so few making sure that it sticks and lands which we want across the board for the game anyways for sure like let's not let's not get that too twisted but the fact that especially for those side characters that don't get too much love too often if those get visited i think those would be really cool um 
Moving on to Discord, we have Torax who's asking, what archetype do you want them to go back to? I personally want them to go back and buff the old GT Evo chain, mainly so I can use the SS4 ultimate. Um, I actually kind of agree. I think if they went back to GT and like the last GT stuff we got, what was uh, SS4 ramp and the baby stuff. So I think going back and doing something with the old uh, well, first off, going back to GT, which I do think we are going. I feel like I remember someone saying a while ago that we might be going back to GT for a little bit. Uh, Pan. I, I, going back to GT would obviously give an opportunity for them to reprint Pan, and then Eric Salito would be, like, shitting himself to the moon whenever that <laughs> happens. <laughs> but um, but I think uh, I do agree that the OG GT was a lot of cool. So going back to, like, an aggressive GT archetype, if it was to be revisited, I think would be super cool. I'm down to mess around with that Evo chain and just have a lot of fun with it. So, yeah, that, that would be my pick. I think I'd be down for some OG GT. Um, I am torn on GT. Because I think GT stands for garbage trash, but okay. I also, um, yep, there you go, you have it. I know truth hurts, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, except, except your favorite Gohan is like missing an arm. Okay, I mean, only in the future where everybody else is laughing so hard that an eleven-year-old kid had to take up the role of main character. Like it just happens. <laughs> um, but I was about to say that. Uh, yeah, like I said, I think GT stands for Garbo Trash, but in all the Doken and Legends I play, every time they release an SS4 character, they're just, like, absolutely snapped. So over time, I've grown more and more respect for the Super Saiyan 4s, which in turn has made me respect GT slightly more. Um, the villains are still mostly trash outside of Baby, though. And, that's fair. Um, that's 100% fair. <laughs> yeah, and most of the protagonists are trash, too. Um, that's a whole other video. Okay. So then That's what art Sure, so then what archetype would you want them to revisit in the future? And I swear to god, okay, you can't say Gohan by the way. Like I'm not going to accept that as an answer. Gohan doesn't do anything in GT. <laughs> it doesn't have to be GT. Oh, it's just like that, yeah. it's definitely Gohan. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um so you mean just revisits, revisits. Let's see. So let's see, let's see. Yeah, not not even as a reboot, just like, hey, like we're revisiting like this, like they revisit U7, you know, like every third or fourth set, you know, so like which archetype would you want them to revisit just to like, hey, like we'll take this archetype in a different direction or just add some new variations to the way that this archetype can play. I think we definitely, yeah, we definitely do need another pan. Um, she's one of the only characters worth mentioning in GT and that needs to happen. Mm. Um... I'm thinking if we're just talking about revisiting characters. This, I don't know. There's so many people that could use the shine that mm -hmm. it's actually wild. Like, um, I would say that we need another Piccolo from his last relevant saga, which would be the Android early cell saga. However, um, I'm going to give you guys a little insight into what it's like to have the speculation gone, which is actually another ocular jitsu that i have i have the cloudagon the mangeku cloudagon it's actually evolved into but i also have the speculation gone and looking at the ultra squad uh thing you can look at that and if you look at the way piccolo is drawn that's very z-esque that's not super and yeah. then you look at goku's hair and it's got that fluffiness but not that detailedness that it changed over to when he started hitting super saiyan 2 and then further on so I'm very, very much so sure that that Ultra Squad little JPEG of Goku and Piccolo 
is from the beginning of the uh, uh, Android Saga slash Cell Saga. Like, this is like the era where Goku had heart virus and then got clocked out. This is from the space where uh, Piccolo squared up against Cell and then later 17. Um, so we may actually be seeing a Namekian leader next set. Well, that that set. Yeah, you know what? I might, I'm not changing my answer because I still preferred, like, GT because, like, I'm an SS4 stand. But you know what? Yeah, actually, give us, like, a real Namekian archetype. Um, Make it yellow so it suddenly still works. <laughs> like, they've tried twice, and, like, they've just been non-bows. Like, they, they just have been non-starters. There's, like, two Piccolo cards that have ever been used in, like, the history of the card game. And there was one leader, and then... He was actually playable, and then they like effectively banned him. So, well, errata, but you know, basically banned. So, yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess that would also be an additional on that. That revisiting Namekians would be super dope. Namekians could be revisited. Uh, Pan could be revisited. Actually, there's a Doken card that kind of makes me really feel like it'd be a good leader. Uh, they made a GT trio, like an LR GT trio, mm-hmm. and I think that would actually be really cute. Um, if we had a leader card that was Goku, Trunks, and Pan from the uh, Dark Star Dragon Ball saga. And then it flips over maybe into like, you know, Pan chilling in the middle, but Goku and uh, Goku being Super Saiyan 3 and Trunks being Super Saiyan on the backside. Like that would be a really cool like leader card. And you could kind of encompass that little GT saga right there. Um, But that leads us into the possibility of having like a metal Rildo leader. And I, I rebuke anything to do with metal Rildo. Like we used to do like pack (laughs) battles in the set where he was like a red SR. Yeah. Like, um, if you pulled Metal Rildo, you like you instantly lost whatever battle. Like, it doesn't even matter like what your opponent pulled. Your opponent could have pulled absolutely jack shit in a rare, and if you pulled Metal Rildo, it was just game. Like, throw your shit in the trash can. Um. So, yeah, it was like that. I was recording a Doken video not too long ago, and Rildo was like the boss. It was like last week, and it's a three times a day entry stage, and I lost twice because it's like hard as crap. And I was like, so help me God, if I lose to Rildo on camera, like I'm deleting this game. And I got it on my third try, but I just, I give zero respect to Rildo. That dude is jank. <laughs> he is fodder. And he walks around in like a speedo for no reason. Like he gains armor, but keeps his entire lower body unprotected in a speedo. And I just don't understand the logic here. The flex, bro. All right. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, he's, 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 got, he's got thick quads, but not just, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, GT, GT triggers me on many levels, man. Yeah, I, th- I think there were some cool ideas and then the executions are just like terrible. Um, which, which like when you actually look into like the production um, of GT, just like there was so much that went like wrong with it that like it's, it's no surprise it kind of ended up the way it ended up. Uh, all right. And then our last question for today comes from Derpy. He says, what are slash were some decks that you look at paper, look at on paper and think they're incredibly powerful, but could never see them work out for me it'd be set Tenzamasu with his inset engine um the thing the thing with huh zamasu is a really solid deck yeah i was like wait what (laughs) (laughs) that that leader is good yeah the the problem with zamasu is more so just the fact that like the difference between seeing zeno on turn two or not is like your deck is like without your unison your deck is like tier four tier five and then, like with your unison, your deck's like tier one point five, tier two, so it's it's just it's just a whole wally wop of like consistency. But overall, I think Zamasu is still a pretty solid deck. Um, 
one for me that I keep on writing out on paper, like on, and it'll be funny because I keep putting, like every time I make a tier list, I always put this leader in like LOL tier and my, my chat shit's on me, but it's pretty much just a meme at this point. Um, cooler in my head. There are so many formats where I'm like mill cooler. It reads as like the most insane deck. It like it's it's removal feels like it answers perfectly to what people are playing. And there's a lot of like dig deep decks, which means like mill as the alternative win. It feels like incredibly solid. And yet like every single time it still feels like it's actually not good enough to get there. So <laughs> so for me, it's like cooler. It just it, it always on paper reads like that one deck that I'm like, bro, like it just I feel like it would make so much sense. And then it just ends up not like it, it just for whatever reason ends up not getting there whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I have one. Cause like really yeah, sometimes you, like, you, only, you only play try, try hard decks nine times out of 10. So uh, <laughs> play, actually wait, hmm. I'll, I mean, I'll, okay, give, like, I'll, I'll give Gohan your one exclusion there. <laughs> I, I play T.O.P. Gohan too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I played Shinjita. That was kind of try hard. I played Harutagarn, but it was more like I didn't play Storm Harutagarn, but I just liked having access to uh, foreseeing hit. Yeah. But Enchant Attack Trunks was also kind of nutty. Okay. So you don't think there's like any deck that like you kind of like paper crafted and then it just didn't come to fruition afterwards? Um, I will say it's kind of weird. Like I, when you say come to when you say come to fruition, did you mean like at a like locals or a tournament or like just anything? I, like like you had expectations for a deck and they weren't met. Oh well, no, that's half the decks this game makes. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, here's the thing. Is, like I feel like I've gotten to a skill level in this game where I can just read the cards and like understand if something's gonna be viable or not. You know what? I will say so. On the flip side, a deck that I thought was gonna be ass and wasn't was King Piccolo. That deck beat every single one of my expectations when I did a first read through. And like, obviously I don't test, but usually I'd like to think that like when it comes to gauging power level of decks, I'm usually on the mark like nine times out of 10. I completely fucking whiffed on Piccolo. I'm going to say this one time and one time only. I don't blame anybody for Piccolo to a degree because it's not that people did not read the archetype. People read the leader and turned their brainstems off for the rest of the archetype. People read six life and said, I don't even need to test this shit. And it only, it didn't take some Einstein level genius to figure out King Piccolo was good. It just took somebody actually sitting down and playing the deck and be like, wait, this shit slaps. So like had somebody just played it instead of just looking at starts at six life. Oh God, throw it on the trash can. I think it would have like immediately been a hit. So I don't blame anybody for thinking King Piccolo was kind of weird. I just feel like, collectively as a player base we saw the leader and we're like i don't know about this one chief hmm. what what other deck you know what you know what in that same regard i'm going to say dark broly because it wasn't me i played that shit on the first case tournament that it came out in but a lot of people were just like you got three things. They can only be summoned once per turn. Like heroic prospect shits on it. Units and a fury shits on it. Violent rage shits on it. Uh, and then like, no, dude, I'm serious. When it first came out, people were like, oh, dude. people were off 100. percent I agree. 
Soul yeah. Striker, Go Tanks, like this deck suck. Red Bro, this deck suck. And then like other people are like, yo, these are free. <laughs> like this is, <laughs> this is this is not okay. Like if you if you have the floodgate, you have the floodgate. And blue is probably the best deck at doing it because blue could find those sort of prospects and then they could hatch you. Blue had multiple turns of shutting you out of the game. But like red was like, ha oh, oh, ha, violent race, ha oh, oh, ha, violent race. Uh oh. Oh, I didn't see third violet rays, and then it just get blown <laughs> out that one turn. Like the moment you don't have the floodgate, you just get absolutely dumpstered. And like that was just yeah. I uh, I I spent a lot of time, and I was saying this for a solid because like Dark Broly really didn't take into fruition until like a couple of months after its release, especially. And then obviously it helped once it got like you know two and a half additional sets of thirty k support. But um, in general, I, I always said from the echo, I'm like, I don't know how it, what it is. I, I And I don't pilot the deck, so I won't be the one to crack it. But Dark Broly literally does everything. It can play defensive bodies. It can play hand destruction bodies. It can play aggro bodies. And they're all 30Ks, and they're all fucking free. So I was like, someone at some point is going to make this work. And I feel like it doesn't take that much. It just takes a little bit of effort. So like, and then, and then once it actually came through, I'm like, yeah, I've been saying forever that this deck was going to be freaking snapped and like it finally got there. And then it was snapped for like ever. And it's still okay. Like the fact that people think it's bad, even though like, bro, you're still playing 30 Ks for one energy. Like, no, it's just bare now. Like it's not, you could still, Isaiah ended up taking that to like Nats because he, he always ends up switching decks at the last second for some reason but like he still did okay you know so like it's just nah dark, i agree on dark broly i think a lot of people slept on that deck like a lot of people yeah i mean to be fair when it came out it was a little limited and did get gatekeep by all those things i just didn't think that like i was like the hard part is getting enough in here and then finding the turn you can get through but when they got demigra and true fighting spirit it just became and there was a little bit of a format shift as well it's just mechanically, it was broken. Like that's what I thought about when you were like, you got to a point as a player where you can look at these things and be like, hmm. And Dark Broly was one of those things. I was like looking at it and I was like, bro, if they like they're this is only two or three 30ks away from being a deck where you're not gonna whiff on your, you know, your uh top five for like less than three or two. Like this is gonna be a problem, and that's all we did. Yeah. Yeah. So, in general, um, just to, you know, put a bow on uh, Derby's question, nothing too much. It happened a couple of times, but I'll say that the more we get into the game, the more we kind of actually get ideas as to what will be cracked and what will be not cracked. And I think, you know, you'll have some people with their polarizing opinions, but I think for the most part, um, we'll probably end up actually missing or whiffing on how powerful a deck actually is, more so than undervaluating the power, uh, more so than like thinking a deck will be insanely cracked and then not super get there. It'll happen from time to time, but I think those situations are a little bit more rare just because of like the depth of experience that's currently in the card game. Yeah. All right. And those are all the questions in this week's SC Mailbag. So of course, guys, if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer on air, then you can tweet at us with the hashtag SC Mailbag, or you can jump into the Discord and ask your questions on there and we'll answer them live on air but that was it for our show um chris you got anything going on this week anything you'd like the listeners to be privy of uh you know honestly i'm still just trying to grind on three channels like (laughs) like actually for real like it's just kind of i i do want to find something that works really well 
uh, for the super channel. But like, like, like George said, we're in a lull and I don't want to bullshit anybody. So right now I'm kind of kicking it on my gaming channels. I made a My Hero uh, video tonight. Um, I'm about to, after this, practice a little bit and record a Doken video later before I finally go to sleep. And um, yeah, it's just kind of like, it's just kind of that. So uh, when it comes to the cards, I'm still trying to craft something. As soon as the competitive season gets back up, we're good. Uh, what, two weeks? I'll probably have some content about box openings and stuff. So we're good. We'll get there. We will get there. All right. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, yeah, on my end, it's uh, I think there's one more video I have to. This one I actually have to record, so Lord knows when it'll come out, but preferably it'll come out on like Wednesday or something like that. Um, where I'm going to go over the rogue decks that you can expect to see in the first regional slash DBS fest, since apparently those are two things that are happening a week away from each other now. So uh, I'll be jumping on that. But besides that, it'll just be typical streams when I can. It's been a little bit tough to stream this week. Um. Uh, working for uh, working for the MHA card game has really taken up a lot of my time. Um, which, by the way, we just had the first provisional showdown. So if you guys enjoyed the stream there, your boy designed it top down all by himself. So uh, pretty nice. jazzed up about that. But um, yeah, so I generally just keep on making the content, going to stream as much as we can, and I'm going to mess around with a couple more decks. And of course, you guys already know that I'm going to be streaming my tournament run, even though it's a little bit ahead of time. You know, it is happening in March, which is still uh, three weeks away. But nevertheless, uh, I will be streaming my run, which will be exciting. So I hope you guys are just as excited as I am to get back into regional streams because those have always been fun. And uh, your boy will try and always mix it up. If we get our if we get our Nats invite early, then uh, we'll start just having fun with the competitive season instead of taking it too serious. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> but of course, guys, that was our show. Thank you so much for stopping by in the Super Combo podcast. And until the next show, best of luck with your top deck, guys. Indeed, indeed. See you next week.